G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yeah, welcome back to the overnight crowd on SCN and across the SCN network. Wherever you are tuned into this show, we're notching up our first guest. Now, this guest here, Works in the Channel 9 newsroom across the road from us here in North Sydney. And I went to school with this bloke, but yeah, our first guest on the overnight crowd in studio who doesn't work at SCN. So there's a few caveats there. But Tommy Marriott, g'day and good evening. Nathan, what? pleasure to be here. How are you, mate? It's been a long time. I'm doing good. We always said, I remember in high school. <laughs> yeah. Up, we said, oh, I might do this one day. And mate, thanks for having me on. It's, um, it's great to see how well you're going. Yeah, well, look, not going so well at the moment, Tommy. There's always areas to improve. Uh, look, we'll have our critics like there always are. But, yeah, look, so Tommy and I went to school together. We, yeah, like you said, we talked about doing a radio show or a sports radio show. What was it called? Sports Zone. That's right. Sports Zone. So, yeah, we did a bit of – oh, not really because it never eventuated. But we always we always like talking about sport. And it's funny how our sort of – jobs have led us to sort of be able to do that and here we are tonight so Tommy tell us a little bit about what you do at the newsroom in Channel 9. Mate I'm uh I'm in the newsroom at Channel 9 I'm an uh I'm a sports reporter I do a lot of producing yeah probably a bit more producing than reporting but it's all kind of connected as you can imagine big uh big open newsroom and it's really the news of the day yeah you know what what clubs what teams kind of uh send out media releases and that kind of thing and and whatever news drops uh, that day we've got to try and go out and um, at the end of the day we've got to get together a few bulletins um, as people would watch watch on yeah. the news every night. Um, now I've seen your I've seen your head a few times on the news. So is that for a producer? So to lift the curtain back up, you're essentially going out with the talent, the reporter, doing all the research and all the stories, working with the cameraman. I'm assuming as well. But I've seen your head sometimes on TV. So how do you how do you get yourself from behind the camera or you know, with the notes to in front of camera, is it is it a tough journey? Well, you both lucky sometimes when the big dogs are away. Oh they yes, let the young ones, the it, non-experienced. Point ones. in case right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go out and have a bit of fun. So um, it kind it just depends what job. So literally, yeah, we we get in the car often with one of the camera operators. They drive us yeah. out to Penrith or Parramatta and um, go from there. How good, mate? And like, so obviously being up in Sydney, a lot of rugby league focused. And and your sort of that, that's your sport of choice. Rugby league, yeah. Grew up, grew up on rugby league. Didn't really yeah, play. grew up on rugby league. Cricket, cricket's the big one. Oh, for sure. Like summer and winter. Abs- I like a theme of the tonight show is sort of you know when the footy season wraps up. What what's, what what are you looking ahead to? Like there, I, I mean, I know we both love cricket, but summer is awesome because footy is so in your face. I feel. Like, you know, you watch most games every week where in summer you can sort of – your other interests come in and you can sort of focus on a few little things. But what what are you looking forward to as we look ahead to the summer of cricket, uh, the F1 still going? What are you looking ahead to in this summer of sport? I think the big one's kind of first up, the World Cup, Australia, yeah. back on home soil. As you're saying, I think footy, footy diehard fans, they hate summer. Yeah. It's too hot. They miss the footy. They miss winter, those cold nights. Um, but as a – as a big cricket fan, you can almost feel it in the weather change. Oh, so, for sure. It's been terrible weather in Sydney lately, but uh, you can just feel it in the weather, a bit warmer the air, and then you know um, cricket's coming. Well, even if – I know you still play, Tommy, but like even seeing grey cricket sort of playing, coming back, you know, 
And I found it interesting this year because we had the Zimbabwe ODI series, the Black Cap series in September while the footy finals were still on, which, I mean, for cricket fans, it was awesome. But, you know, like, it was a strange time of year. I don't think people realised it was on. Oh, for sure. You flicked it on Fox Cricket and there it was. You're looking at... Pat Cummins up in Cairns and Darwin and that kind of thing, rolling the arm over. Well, um, Mitch Stark, who was on, who was on uh, plenty of the shows this afternoon, he, I think he was the fastest ever player to get 200 wickets. And a, those last okay. few wickets were against Zimbabwe. I mean, it must be awesome for like an Aussie cricketer, you know, used to playing your Indias, your, your Englands, to have a series like against Zimbabwe. Now, all due respect, usually, you know, they're not doing so well even though they've had a great last 12 months and we'll be playing at the T20 World Cup. But, I mean... Well, think of the Zimbabwean cricketers. They haven't played, They haven't played, a, well, I think it was a one day in Australia in about 17 years. And, like, how they... Lucky, how lucky would you feel? They had a chance as well in that in that third game, I think it was, where know. they bowled Australia the out. Yeah. But, uh, look, and it was funny the way... We are getting bogged down in cricket, but it, just naturally it happens. But, like, we, um, we will chat a bit later on. But it was funny how that, even in that New Zealand series... Like, Australia were on the ropes quite a few times, but still, they were just managed to get out of it. New Zealand couldn't couldn't quite get the job done. But, look, I know you're also a Sydney Swans fan. Uh, and how was it in the newsroom? Because earlier in the year, there was a story, and I know you listened to the sounding board as well, which they covered, that there was, there was a press conference in Sydney where there was only one journalist there now, now being in the Sydney sports newsroom, how much is the AFL covered, or especially in the Swans year this year? Well, I know at Nine News we we often we often go to the Swans, kind of run their run their stuff when they come. Obviously, with Buddy Buddy Franklin in town, the recent news is staying a Swan. That is it's huge. Um, that's massive. You know, I think that pretty good news for the AFL all around. Yeah, but I remember that. I remember that night, that one night where the um. The sole journalist was in the uh, press conference. I think it was uh, Melbourne Melbourne yeah. AFL media weren't too. They were a bit confused, I think. Yeah, why a big Melbourne team in Sydney did not get the attention of the journos. Yeah, well, it's it's look, it's an interesting one. But yeah, like you said, Buddy Franklin signing on for another year is huge for Sydney. I, I, there was a chance, and there was murmurs around that uh, Dusty Martin might be headed up up to Sydney, which would have been great. But uh, look, I guess we'll see how that plays out. But in the end, uh, look. Sydney Swans getting to the big dance. Perhaps they played their big final the week before. But, look, Geelong were just way too good. They were. And I think Geelong had waited a long time. Yeah. The game was 10 years since their um, since their previous flag. And I think the young Swans, I think they just got ambushed straight away. Yeah. As you say, I think that win over Collingwood, that crazy win over Collingwood the week before um, – Took it out of them a bit. I think they just got a bit stage fright. And it's pretty easy to sort of say when, look, well, I've never played any elite sport. I'm not sure about you, Tommy. No. But, like, um, you know, that, that old saying of you've got to lose one to win one. Now, I'm sure that would have stung, like, a, a, an embarrassing or demolishing performance. Uh, but, look, there's still a bright lights for the Sydney Swans, oh. like, all over, all across the park. They'll be up there for years to come. I think that was – the. I think they were a bit of ahead of where they actually thought they'd be. At least yeah. many of the experts thought that. Maybe in two or three years' time, we'd see them uh, going deep into the finals. But um, the fact that they were there this year, I think, yeah, definitely ahead of time. For sure. And I, I guess, like, GWS Giants, it's it's funny that in such a rugby league heartland, they really failed to sort of make a murmur. I oh, know, look, you might shoot us down on the text line, um, but it's sort of what I feel like it is here. And, and that Dusty Martin, there was, a, there was a chance potentially that he was going to come up here. And, you know, him being from Western Sydney – Potentially, that was going to be a really big thing for them. As you say, like three years ago, they're playing in a grand final. 
Yeah, you well, know, and you kind of hope that they catch fire in that sense. But I know there was a lot of talk around the crowd numbers out at um, Giant Stadium in Homebush this year, and they obviously when you're not playing great football, it's hard to get fans yeah. to it. I know you're getting excited about it, but yeah. I think definitely a few. I'll be a few alarmed at the AFL about the Giants and how they've kind of plummeted after yeah. being so high. Well, I, I guess like with the Sydney Swans, their academy, like so many players coming through that academy and then going on to the grand final. Where is that happening out there at GWS? Not too sure. But coming away from the grand final, there was a few. There was there was a bit of media talk around the the ratings, the poor ratings that they received. What was his take on that? Well, I think I think they. Well, the last three years, what we've had, we've been out barely able to leave our homes. Yeah. At least, at least Melbourne and Victoria has. Yeah. So in a nighttime grand final, which is what the last two were in in Brisbane and Perth, I think they knew deep down that they weren't going to be as big. Yeah. They kind of had to balance that with the traditionalist view. For sure. We're back in Melbourne, it's yeah. the daytime. We got to, we got to, we got to work. We got to do what's worked so well over you know, 150 years. For sure. And like, even from a, like an NRL perspective or a person who's come from Sydney, lived in Sydney his whole life, like looking at the AFL, that is a spectacle. Not only do they have, thankfully this year, they had the two public holidays. They've got a grand final parade, the, the grand final entertainment, you know, Robbie Williams, Delta Goodrum, not bad. And then a hundred thousand people at the grand final. So it's pretty easy from people up here, especially to look at those ratings and sort of bash on it. But, Mate, no chance. One of my work colleagues is a mad, mad Swans fan, and he was saying today, or oh, at least I didn't pay that much for a Robbie Williams concert. It was pretty good <laughs> oh. deal in the end. Like there, there was quite <laughs> a few, and and there's been people on the text line sort of corresponding that they were down there from Sydney, and and look, you've got you've just got to go. But look, I'm sure next time they'll be thinking, I'm thinking twice. What are your thoughts on would the NRL move to a daytime grand final? A bit of talk about that this week, considering all the. The rating stuff. Yeah, I think I think um, Channel Nine. I, look, your employer. Uh, they've been pretty firm in how important uh, state of origin matches, grand final fixtures are in their sort of TV ratings. I think. Look, we have chopped and changed for so long. Well, it's not as traditional in the NRL. Remember that Twilight one? It was like four forty. Yeah, like it's been chopping and changing so long. I don't think people are so set in their ways. I don't mind the night grand final, but mostly because we have the day off the next day, so it doesn't really matter. But look, I'm I'm a fan of the night grand final. I love the build up. So we're gonna have two games before it. So you have the state championship. You have the NRLW game afterwards. But, yeah, look, there's food for thought there. Hey, Tommy, what we'll do, we, we might take a quick break. And on the other side of that, we just touched on the NRL there a little bit. Yeah, we'll get into um, – we'll preview the NRL grand final between the Penrith Panthers and the Parramatta Eels. You are listening to the Overnight Crowd. My name's Nathan Gibbons. Tommy Marriott from Channel 9 Newsroom is in the building. We'll take a break and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, welcome back to the Overnight Crowd on SEN across the SEN network. And on the SEN app, we've still got some time to go, but we've got a guest in the studio, Tommy Marriott from Channel 9. We touched on the AFL and the cricket, but we are going to dig deep into the NRL Grand Final. Uh, It is the Penrith Panthers taking on the Parramatta Eels. And don't forget, you can catch all the action on the SEN app are through NRL Nation, beginning from the state championship early in the day and moving on to the NRLW. Tom, big news day, I'm assuming, today, two days out? Pretty big. Yeah, the Panthers and Eels, they've been great all week, like yeah. giving great access to uh, all, all media in the lead-up to Sunday night. Um, I'll start off by saying, as a long-suffering Bulldogs fan, oh. I'm actually, oh, this is the most, most excited I've been in since then about the grand final. Parramatta Penrith, Yeah, I think I, I want the Eels to do it. 
I think so. Um, for our um, for our audience down in Melbourne and across across the country, uh, two Western Sydney teams are sort of the heartland of the rugby league. But why Tom's probably very excited. He's a Canterbury Bulldogs fan. Now, there's two players playing in this match. Uh, one who will be wearing headgear number nine for the Parramatta Eels, Reid Marnie, and Viliami Kikau, who plays on the, in the second row for Penrith. Now, both of those players are heading to the Bulldogs next year. Now, is that why you're a little excited about this grand final? If they don't get injured, I'll be stoked. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, we'll, we'll get off uh, get off our teams. The, the Canterbury Bulldogs, look, there hasn't been much success recently, but there were bright spots throughout the year. Matty Burton, Josh Adokar. They were the two standouts. And this, the, the tide is slowly turning. Like, yeah. know, they, they did do a couple of speed bumps there with Trent Barrett. Obviously, it didn't go the way yeah. any, anyone wanted it to. But, um, no, they're slowly on the up now. And I think Gus, Gus firmly in place. Yeah. Pulling the strings, a lot of trust in um, Cameron Seraldo head of next year. He's obviously still, still got a game to go with the Panthers. For sure, if you forget about. So yeah, Phil Gould who's sort of taken over the development reins out at uh, Canterbury Bulldogs. He was the man in charge at Penrith, so a similar sort of thing. Now, for our for our guys down in Victoria and across the country, now Penrith, pretty much they're in all grand finals in all the age groups. So they are pretty much the prototype for a great rugby league club. Now the Canterbury Bulldogs. Like you said, Matty Burden, who came from the Penrith Panthers, he's had a tremendous year, played Origin, played in the uh, Prime Minister's 13 game on Monday. I'm not sure, Sunday night, if you caught that. Yeah, I think, and Mal's obviously, because he was in that game, he's seriously being considered for the World Cup squad because he's just so versatile. Oh, and like he can play in the halves. I don't know how many they're going to take over, but even like... You can almost lock the scrum. He's that big, you know, he's that big and strong, as he's shown this year with the dogs. Just his ability to shrug off defend isn't... Just running the ball, he really can do it all. Now, if we look ahead to the week, this weekend, uh, the Parramatta Eels, who are the sentimental favourites, the underdogs haven't won the comp since 1986. They take on the Penrith Panthers, uh, defending champion. Now, Nathan Cleary, he spent some time on the sideline, but how hard do you think it is for teams to try and shut that man down? I think it's you've almost just got to minimise minimise yep. what he does. I think what we saw, well, Parramatta did quite well during the year when they beat them twice. During, yeah, during the regular season, they pretty much just made him kick from inside his twenty the whole time. Obviously, when they well, sorry, when they beat them the second time, obviously he didn't last very long because he put Dylan Brown yeah on, on his head and got sent off. It's it's going to be a, an interesting one because the selection of Nathan Brown uh, on the Parramatta Eels like Banshee. Now he hasn't played for quite some time for the uh, main squad. He played a little bit in the reserve grade, but he has sort of come back onto this Parramatta bench. And if there was anyone to bring the aggression, it would be the Italian Stallion. He's got history, Nathan Brown, and that's he'll be thinking this is a grand final. I've got one free shot. I'm not going to. You know, whatever happens after this game, it can wait till next year. Yeah, absolutely. As we've seen in the past with suspensions. So, and I think that's why he's come on for that aggression. Brad Arthur, yeah. obviously, he hadn't picked him for 12 weeks. There was all these reports swirling around that, you know, there was a bit of a rift in the club and the nepotism report reared its head. Um, but, I mean, you, you can't say there's a there's a rift now with Nathan Brown being picked in a grand final. Imagine what he's feeling, what he's going oh, through. Oh, for sure. And, and, like, I think he's the type of player that, you know, when those players who have played Origin, they've played in big finals games, you want them in your team because they're not really going to get overawed by the situation. And Parramatta haven't played in a grand final, you know, what, since 2009. So none of those players there have been in a big game like that. So, look, I don't mind the selection, but there was a bit of injury news today as well. Tommy Opicic for the Parramatta Eels, I believe he was uh, – he had a hamstring complaint, which he – 
He's been officially ruled out today. Yeah. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. So that, that's, look, not a bad one, though, because Bailey Simonson, who I thought he, he filled in last week for the Parry Eels, I, I thought he played all right and didn't play, overplay his hand. I think the concern for me is Wonga Blake. Now, Wonga Blake, uh, they so Parramatta played Penrith a couple of weeks ago, and Nathan Cleary, who's the halfback for New South Wales, probably Australia and Penrith, he was putting up these thunderous bombs and poor Wong of Lake, he was lost out at sea, wasn't able to catch any. So, look, I think if we're looking at any sort of storyline, it's going to be Wong of Lake versus Nathan Cleary. He had a nightmare. And, I mean, you'd, you'd think Parramatta's one of Parramatta's paths to victory is going to be how Wong of Lake judges yeah. those high balls. You mentioned Simonson. I think he might be the only – I think him and Madison maybe the only two that have played in a grand final. Obviously, yeah. Simonson with the Raiders and Maddo with, with the, the Roosters. Roosters back in yeah. 17 or 18. So um, they've got a little bit of experience there, but obviously, you know, the amount of Panthers players with that yeah. big game experience, not just or not just grand finals, but origins as well, yeah. tests for their countries. It's um, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, look, it's going to be a big uh, hill for them to run up. But look, on the rugby league as well, Nico Hines took out the number one prize, Dally M Award. Uh, Ben Hunt was sort of in the mix there for a bit, but look, Nico Hines all day of the week. He stormed home. He stormed home. The Sharks, I think, when voting went behind closed doors, Ben Hunt was in front by a couple of points. I think Nico Hines was second. The Dragons only won one game. I think it was after that second bye, and the Sharks stormed home with um, with six wins, I think, from seven yeah. or eight. So he finished with the, the highest number of points ever recorded, 38. Yeah. Three in front of Teddy. You're not just... You know, he's a total package, isn't he? What he says, what he yeah. does, how he acts. People forget it's his first year as a halfback. Oh, for sure. And I thought it was interesting uh, in his speech. He he did pretty much, like, praise the Melbourne Storm and thank them for the development he played. So, yeah, Nico Hines, I'm sure you guys would remember him. He was sort of a utility. Then he comes up here and he has the best season, well, judging by the Daly M. But, yeah, was there any other awards you were surprised with or not surprised with? I thought they, I thought they all got it pretty spot on. Obviously, Munster five eighth, yep. Teddy at fullback. Obviously, so close in in the overall tally as well. So I, I think they got it, they got it pretty full on. But just with Hines, it was, just, I think, just a test. Todd Payton won Coach of the Year. Yeah, well, he's, I think his speech is still going. <laughs> it was that was, it, I it? mean, out of all the awards as well, it was the longest speech by far. I think it ended up clocking about five minutes. But look, yeah, Todd Payton. I mean, if you take a team from, you know. Yeah. They're supposed to finish in the bottom two and you can finish in them in the top three. You can you can have your speech. But also, I'm surprised Fitzy, I, I did think uh, Craig Fitzgibbon yeah. w- would have been, you know, well in the hunt too, considering what he did what he did at the Sharks and he get Nico. Oh, I wonder if um, what came into account was the fact that the, the Sharkies ended up bouncing out in straight sets. Uh, Cowboys, you know, got one game further. But yeah, look... Two coaches definitely on the up. And and I think the most important part about Todd Payton and what he's done at the Cowboys, you look at guys like Tommy Dearden, who was at the Broncos, wasn't getting much of a go. Then Murray Talangi, Jeremiah Nanai, who would now have played for Queensland and potentially going to go play the World Cup for Australia. Like, these guys weren't in the mix last year, but all of a sudden they've just shot straight up. And he seems, as you said, he seemed to unite these guys from different clubs. Obviously, Tommy Dearden, Chad Towns end up from the Sharks. He's, he seemed to get the best in a few yeah. years out of Val Holmes and, and Jason Tomalolo. And now uh, today the reports that Jimmy Tamo from the Tigers might be, might be heading up heading up wow. north to, to return to the club where he, where he won a premiership. Well, look, well, that's not a bad signing for the Cowboys. I'm just thinking, like, why would they need him? But look, that, I mean, experience. A lot of great young forwards, you know, yep. Ruben Cotter, Nanai. Yep. 
I think having someone like Jimmy Tama, who can obviously still go around, yeah, he, he might be that kind of Andrew Fafita role that he played at the Sharks this yeah. year. 20 minutes, mentoring the young forwards. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. But, yeah, definitely watch this space. The North Queensland Cowboys obviously going down last weekend, but it's not over for them. There's plenty more to come still in the Rugby League world, actually, with the Rugby League World Cup. But, uh, Tommy, we've been talking throughout the night. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Now, I know cricket's dear to both of our hearts. Um, what's taking centre stage? Is it the T20 World Cup, the Australian Test Series against the Windies or South Africa, or the Big Bash? I think the T20 World Cup yep. is number one. That's the one I want to see. Yep. I think they almost shocked themselves when they went over and won it in the UAE last year. Yep. I think they thought, hang on, we can we can really do this now and do it back at home. So um, th- that's the number one thing. And in, in that order, I think the South Africa series will be pretty big. Yep. They've had a rough couple of few years, the South African test team. Yeah, it looked it looked bright there for a second when I think they went over to England and it was this Basball England. They won the first test, but then ended up getting pants in the next two and, and you know, really bad batting collapses. But like, South Africa, Australia, always great series. And they've got a lot of good quicks. They do. And especially when they come here, they seem to really, really fire. Obviously, you've got Kegeso Rabada yep. and Geedy in the past. Obviously, Dale Stain and yeah. your Morkels, that kind of thing. They've um they've done pretty well in Australia on our, on our quick, bouncy pitches, as they say. And then in the Big Bash as well, uh, obviously, you can hear all this action, all the cricket action on SCN throughout the summer. And the Big Bash, which kicks off in a couple of months now. But... um. Trent Bolt at the Melbourne Stars. I think I'm a sort of sly Black Caps fan, and I'm pretty excited to see Bolt run around for the Stars. There's some good players coming out. So, look, it's going to be a good big bash as well. It'll be exciting. Trent Bolt's one of the big ones. Obviously, still at the top of his game for, for New Zealand. The other thing they did, that which they had to do eventually, was was bring in DRS. I mean, yep. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the newsroom watching replays and, you know, how everyone gets it wrong sometimes, um, you know, players and umpires. But uh, I think... For the for the competition to to be you know what it what it deserves and it, it yeah. needs it needs the DRS and, and it's going to be interesting as well to see how the Emirates League goes the South African T Twenty League in January too so look there's plenty still to come throughout the summer no matter what your poison is but yeah you are listening to the overnight crowd Tommy Marriott mate how how'd you go how'd you find it that was from a debut it was all good what oh. Oh. Half a game. Half a game. Yeah, look, so look, we'll hopefully catch up over the next couple of months every now and then when you're free. But yeah, mate, look, I really appreciate you stopping by in the overnight crowd. Uh, the text board's in meltdown, uh, mostly slandered towards me, which, hey, look, we can, we cop that. But hey, mate, thank you very much for coming in and uh, enjoy the grand final on Sunday. Nathan, thanks for having me. Tommy Marriott from the Channel 9 Network. You are listening to The Overnight Crowd. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back with plenty more on the other side. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.